Victory Friday here on the Sleepers Podcast. More importantly, though, it's a Riley Friday. Riley Davis from Heat Check back on the show. It feels like it's been six weeks. It's actually been like two weeks. But uh, Riley, normally I would throw to you. I'm very excited to see you. You look dapper. You look handsome. You look 30. Happy birthday, by the way. But first, we have to go to Carter Elliott, who, as we currently sit at this moment, Two of us are winners on this call, but I'd like to give the shine to Carter. He deserves it. He has really grown up with this Detroit Lions franchise. He's been there, a season ticket holder, through the worst of times. Carter, we're the only team with a win in the National Football League. We just marched into Arrowhead and ripped Pat Mahomes' soul out of his throat. How you feeling this morning? Hey, first of all, job's not finished. I just want to let that be known. This is just the beginning. Just so you know, Arrowhead, you got our C-minus game. We're coming. Just let it be known when we put things together, it's going to be scary hours approaching. And yes, I got my victory shades. And yes, I woke up this morning, and exited my house and went on my porch and said, if your team is 1-0, let me hear you. And I got a scream from six houses down. The neighborhood is buzzing. I am buzzing. But before we get into this episode, even at the high times, we are honoring my man, Jim, free four, free Jim Harbaugh. Today, I have four pistachios that I will be eating right now while Riley does his little intro in honor of my man, Jim. Free him. He didn't do anything. The NCAA is rigged. (laughs) Riley, it's great to have you here. Hey, it's great to be back. Like you said, man, it does feel like it's been six weeks, even if it's only been two. It kind of hit me last night where like, man, my Fridays just aren't the same when we don't do a Riley Friday. And I'm glad y'all got a vacation. I'm glad I got a little vacation, but uh, in the words of Eminem on the Eminem show, like in three different songs, it feels so good to be back. <laughs> I'm sick. I'm sick that I'm feeling at the top of the world and you just hit me with an Eminem. Hey, that was back when Eminem had bars, but we don't, we don't have true. to get into that. Okay. Are we, really gonna, are we starting the show with Eminem disrespect? Is that what we're doing on a Friday yeah, when Detroit's one? Detroit's finest. Yeah, right. No comment. Oh, right. How are those pistachios? They're good, all four of them. Free my guy, man. All right. Uh, this should be a fun show. Uh, Carter, I don't think, slept last night because he was replying to my tweets at 3.34 in the morning, Eastern time. That is literally a timestamp of the, the last tweet I saw replied to me. I was bookmarking so I can, you know, spend the block when it's time. It's a Mike good day. Rico, I'm coming for you, goofball. <laughs> I feel like you probably could go for four more minutes at the top here. Do you have anything else you'd like to address? I'm glad you got the No, just stay on that side. Just, I, I see everything. I peep everything. I don't forget. I haven't forgot anything since I was like seven. Okay. And some things before that are just blurry, but I still remember. Okay. We might have a, a Lions topic, but who knows? Because it's Riley Davis's show. He picks the topics on Riley Fridays. Uh, really good last 24 hours, though, I would say. The Discord had a bunch of people join yesterday. I want to do a quick, like, public service announcement, just logistics thing for the Discord. I believe we have 36 paid members in the Discord. And we have roughly 100 people that have joined the Discord but not paid. I assume those people listen to the show. I'm not putting any pressure on you to pay, but I am a little concerned like people think they might have paid and are wondering why they aren't getting the stuff because you can join the Discord without paying. You have to pay to get the stuff that we're talking about. Uh, We also had uh, a new user hit us up on Twitter yesterday, and he was concerned he couldn't buy it on mobile. So I kind of had to talk him through that. There might be issues trying to buy it on mobile. If you're buying, 
the Discord, buy it on a desktop. That's the cheapest price. It works. Then you just download the Discord app, get it on your phone. I've done it all on my phone ever since. So sorry, quick logistics up update there because I didn't want people to be confused if people are trying to join. But uh, a lot of love in the Discord yesterday. Bets were going up. We had Daniel Greer hit the Rashi Rice touchdown at like crazy odds yesterday. So we're making money in the Discord and we're celebrating victories in the Discord and outside of the Discord. Um, so we have comments to get to. Cart, you want to do your Carter Elliott comment of the day to start the show? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I was I was so busy just bookmarking. I wish I could look at how many tweets I bookmarked last night. I thought like I was going to get booted off by Elon, how many I did. Let me see here. Let uh, let me get a little word in while Carter is uh, finding his comment of the day. I I will say there is nothing like staying up till 3 a.m. the night after your team gets a big win. So I salute you in your bookmarking efforts. Like when I think about really my last happy sports moment was when UNC beat Duke in the final four. And that was a stay up till 3 a.m. bookmarking tweets, responding, reading takes, all, everything of that nature, that kind of night, and those are the the elite, elite sports nights. So I hope you get more this year, Cart. You deserve it, man. Uh, I respect that. And you know what? Because I'm on my little petty kick, I'm scrolling past all these positive comments. A beauty struggle said, no wonder this channel ain't successful. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was that an actual? I didn't even see that comment. Where's that? Nine minutes ago. No wonder this channel is successful. You couldn't be. You're not talking about me, my boy. My team's one and zero. I'm about as successful as successful gets. Okay, comment down below now on the YouTube video if your team is one and zero. If it's not, exit the channel. Go to another one. Go to a team where your team is quarterback is Baker Mayfield. I'm sorry, Riley. You got caught in the crossfire there. But come on now, this channel is successful. It's growing every day. We're growing. That's good. Don't hate. Be a part of it. We want you to be a part of it. Okay. Will you be honest? Was that an actual comment? 100%. On what video? On the Cade McNamara was a bad mentor to okay, J.J. Okay. McCarthy. So you're, you're going back days. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say. I didn't I didn't see a hate comment on yesterday. The comment was posted 10 minutes ago. Yes, but that was three days ago on an episode. Okay. All right. I appreciate it. That's good energy from a, a 1-0 Carter Elliott. Not the most humble person on earth, but I'll take it. I like the chip on your shoulder, my friend. Uh, let's go to the Discord where we will respond to every single comment, every single episode in the Discord to anybody that joins. Uh, fam, our tennis expert, says Cart with the tennis bar. He's talking to Agassi. Sampras was probably the best American, but the game evolves. One last thing with Shelton. Yes, he's way better than Isner, Tiafo, Opelka, Eubanks. But it's all on paper. He's too young. It's too early to tell. But those points that had eight plus shots in a rally were heavily in Shelton's favor. Different level than France's. Any 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 tennis thoughts from either of you? I, I unfortunately can't comment on that because I'm a new tennis fan. So I really can't. I, and I've never really caught myself, you know, looking up Agassi highlights like just on a normal Tuesday. But uh, yeah, I can't comment on the thing about Ben Shelton for me is it's just fun to me. It's fun. I like attaching myself to a young bull who's got a little bit of juice, and we'll see what he does. If he flames out, he flames out. It's it's tennis. I'll find another young bull. I still got Lito's in my back pocket. I still got Daniil in my back pocket. But I, I need to I need to latch myself to an American, and him and Tommy Paul are the ones I decided to do, and I'm just going to ride with that going forward. You like attaching yourself to a young bull? 
Yeah, you know what? That could get that that could be taken out of context very badly. But um, yeah. Okay. Uh, my only point on this one, fam, I respect your tennis nolly. Enjoy our conversations on this. But uh, being a different level than France's is not an indicator that you are the best American tennis player ever. That's where I'm at with this. We need to stop gassing up Ben Shelton because he's better than mediocre. Francis has been mediocre in every big moment of his career. Um, and look, he could be like he needs to do it. He gets a great chance to do it tonight against Novak. Good luck against Novak is what I would say. That minus two and a half sets is looking juicy. Travis Nelson says, great episode as always, guys. The part of your parents was great, Greg. Happy birthday to your mom. I don't have a kid yet, but I just moved for the first time last year, nine hours away, and this struck a chord with me. Appreciate that, Travis. Connie had a great birthday yesterday for the record. She came over for the Lions game, and uh, she told me she cried when she heard the Twitter clip we put out, so that's a nice little boost. Riley, uh, have you have you ever moved have you been a, a North Carolina resident your entire life? No, I've lived in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee for four years and then Czech Republic for a year. So that was the farthest I ever moved away. That was your professional football career? That was during my professional football career, yes. Yeah, okay. I appreciate that. What was your favorite Czech Republic dish? So like beans and uh, beans, what they eat over there? <laughs> Czech food is nothing special. Um, Like duck. They do some good duck, but like... As a whole, a lot of their dishes are kind of bland. Um, beer is really good, though. It's like the Czech Republic is the home of the Pilsner style of beer, and it's really cheap. It's like less than a dollar, at least when I lived there. It was maybe it's gone up now, but yeah, that's like their claim to fame is their beer. I love a fine Czech Pilsner. Uh, yeah, also, fine Czech Pilsner is good. Very good. We're going to have Czech people in the comments upset that <laughs> Czech food is nothing to write home about. Koi uh, says, did Terrence Shannon develop a right hand? Because he can't be an All-American without being able to go right. Your thoughts, Riley? About Terrence Shannon's All-American case or whether or not he can go yeah, right? Yeah, so we did yesterday we did our first team All-American picks and we both had Terrence Shannon I believe is our third name. Like, pretty steady. As, the, as, no yeah, as, like the, as the small forward, I guess, if we're putting positions on it. Yeah, I saw the little thumbnail with Terrence Shannon on there. And to be honest, I didn't really think he belonged. Like, I just don't know if Illinois is going to be good enough to get Terrence Shannon All-American hype. I mean, even if he puts up, how many did he score last year? Like 17 a game? He could do yeah. that again. But if Illinois is like a 8, 9, 10 seed, that's not going to be enough to do it. Like, there's plenty of, maybe not plenty, but there's a decent, I feel like there's a decent amount of guys on bubble teams every year who put up big numbers and it's like so what your team's not really doing anything that's my biggest objection toward it fair he uh yeah, was... 17 17 5 and 3 last year the big thing for me he shot 32 percent from three i think there's room to mm -hmm. grow there if he just like makes threes this year his numbers could look a lot better and two i mean uh, if, if he gets to like 20 a game and he's shooting 35 36 percent from three then yeah that'll probably be enough even if they're like a seven seed but i just like I know I, I probably am not as in on this Illinois team as y'all are, but <laughs> I have a hard time seeing them be like a top four seed come March. That would really help to give him that push. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I definitely based it more on I think his numbers could take a jump uh, this year. I thought Greg actually made a pretty good point about how now that, you know, the shots that Matthew Meyer was taking last year um, and the shots that other guys were taking – Last year, I feel like some of those are going to go to Shannon um, and he'll be able to do that. And then also, Greg, to comment quickly on it, one of one of my basketball like icks or something that sometimes rubs me the wrong way 
is when people point or pick at some parts of the game that people aren't good at, that it's just like, okay, like Terrence Shannon can't go right. That's fine. He can average 17 going left. Like mm-hmm. the, you don't get extra points for scoring with your offhand. So, you know, is if him scoring 17 with it all going all left, who cares? You can't stop him. He's six seven, six eight probably, and he's you know strong like a goddamn defensive back. So it's just yeah. like if you have a left hand and you're playing college basketball and they can't stop you going left, just keep going left. I mean, that was like the the one critique on Trace Jackson Davis, too. I know we were in a group chat where someone said he's the the best one-handed player not named Hansel Emanuel. <laughs> but he still I mean, they, put they, up they, like he put up like 20 and 10. Like, they said like, the same thing about Hunter Dickinson. And he literally was an all-American without touching the ball with his right hand. Also, I'd be careful using the word they here because you were the one that said these things about Hunter and Trace. <laughs> like, just a, straight up, it was you saying this. Me? Yeah. That does sound... I can't remember if it was Carter who... <laughs> it was 100% Carter who said the hand. That sounds like a Carter. Class. And it was 100% Carter who, every time we've talked about Hunter for four years, has said he has no right. Well, okay. Well, when, you're, when your back's against the wall and you got to strike back, you got to find whatever weakness you can, okay? So that's what I had to do. Man, hey, winning, when, winning has changed you so much. When you're one and oh, you can pick and choose which one-handed players you critique. Am I that's right, what Carter? I'm talking about, Riley. <laughs> I love the energy. This is so true. Uh, yeah, t- Terrence, I think people like to fixate on things people can't do instead of what people can do. And uh, I don't think with Matthew Meyer's shots, I don't think there's anybody on Illinois that the staff wants to take those shots. Like, it's not like they're coming in being like Ty Rogers is going to get 10 more shots a game. Now they don't want that. They want Terrence to like do more than he did last year. I think. Um, and then final thing, what do we care about more than being good in college basketball cart? What? Being old. Terrence Shannon is old now. He's 23. Yeah. So I like, uh, I like his chances here. Two more comments. Fam has his final one of the day. He says uh, it's tough to see Illinois presence outshine MSU in Michigan given both guys have hashtag heavy Michigan roots. Where are my dogs at? Cart, do you have any comment on uh, the state of our viewership being Illinois heavy? Yeah, I'm not really sure why, because like I like like you stated in the comment, I felt like we got pretty good, uh, I don't know what the word is, pulse on Michigan State and Michigan, but it just doesn't really seem like the fan either fan bases really want to consume the stuff that we're saying about them. I feel like that's their loss. I feel like they should tap in because we know some things. But, hey, it is what it is. I mean, now it, it goes through phases, though, as well. Like, Illinois fans will love us one day and they'll hate us the other day. It is what it is. You can't really tailor the fan bases anymore. It's absolutely impossible. That's why I don't know how someone only talks about one, like, kind of one team. Because it's just it's impossible to deal with a, just one fan base. Yeah, life would be more simple if we were just catering one fan base solely. I think Illinois fans are less upset at me about the clickbait gate, by the way, after yesterday's public addressing of the situation. We got a decent number of comments being like, respect, appreciate it, understand. Um, I would say on why this is the case, a couple things. One, uh, Michigan fans are never going to embrace us because of Carter. Michigan State fans are never going to embrace us because of me. And like we almost need to be like a neutral third party to a team in order for people to like us fully as a duo. 
Illinois worked because they discovered us in a setting where we were just absolutely loving them for like three months. Now they don't like us because we flip because we're honest about them. So um, I don't know. Illinois fans are also abundantly online in a way that I don't even like Michigan likes MGO blog. I don't know where Michigan state fans go to consume content, probably just like whatever 24 sevens paywalled articles are or Car- when Carter Elliott writes a rivals article, then of course they're going there. But Riley, is there anything in the ACC world like this? Like you cover North Carolina. You've also covered Duke. Uh, you cover the whole conference. Like, is there a fan base that's not your fan base that is like present in consuming your content? Mm, that's a great question. Sometimes I feel like Wake Forest fans randomly pop up. They're a, a loud minority because it's a, you know, it's a 25 person, 2,500 student school, um, not the biggest alumni base, but they, they got money. They got private school roots, <laughs> shout out private school roots. And they, they like to make their presence known. <laughs> so <laughs> respect. I, uh, I had a cousin that went to Wake Forest. So I have a lot of like random Wake Forest gear, by the way, sneaky Wake Forest gear, gear is sick. Yeah. Uh, all the black and gold in general women and the name, like the Deacons. Yeah. Demons, yeah. Deacons. Don't Demon, the Demons. Demons. My apologies. Crazy. Uh, okay, final comment of the day from the Discord. Tristan, busting brackets, says, going from a loving tribute to a mother to hyping up the Lions is like going from winning the Super Bowl one year to the number one pick next year. Carter? Like I always say to Tristan, if you're going to have the diet of a two-year-old when you're a grown man, lower your tone. And you, you're talking to me in the comments in the Discord like I'm not 1-0. So I'll give you to noon to change your tone. Because I'm one to know, and you're not talking to me like I am. Respect the Lions. They really need to. I don't know if there's a segment. I'm sorry, Riley. But <laughs> if you're not respecting the Lions after last night, it's not a, it's not a joke. This is like, We knew this was coming, all right? Like everyone in the group chat, the Sean Pauls of the world talk about the, oh, it's the same old Lions. This is, it's an organizational problem. No, it's not. We're, we're different now. It, we got a different little pep to our damn step. So just let that be known. Do you see the video of CJ or CGJ Gardner Johnson yelling, not the same old Detroit in the locker room? Yeah, that was with a, with a ski mask on. That with was... a ski mask for five minutes in the locker room. This ain't the same old Detroit. He's been here for 10 minutes. I love this guy. <laughs> uh, great job, Discord comments. We appreciate you. As always, good week in the Discord. If you want to join the Discord, the link is in the description. Uh, it supports us very much, supports the show, and you can join a really fun community where we make fun of Riley Davis behind his back because he's not in the Discord. So uh, without further ado, Riley, three topics today. As always, I hand the show over to you, my friend. All right, let's let's get into it. Just to, to forecast a little bit for that one guy in the comments who complained about only wanting college hoops content. We got two college hoops uh, topics today, and then we'll close with a not-so-secret topic that I might have given y'all a heads up uh, probably 20 minutes before we started recording. But, you know, staying in the college basketball landscape, I actually got this idea from a commenter on, on YouTube a few weeks ago. After y'all did your Big Ten title contending teams, where you can only select one player from a team and then a coach who you have who doesn't have a team represented, I wanted to do that same exercise with the ACC. Someone suggested I do it, and I thought, hey, it's my return after a, a little two-week hiatus. Why not get right into the, con- uh, the conference I know best? So I'll turn it over to y'all first because I got my team made, but I want to hear wh- which directions y'all go. Hmm. Greg, should we make – Greg, should we have our team be one? Yeah, I'm trying to think of the best way to do this because I feel like last time it was kind of fun to do it all together. So if you already have your teammate, I feel like Cart and I should 
try to build ours and see how different it is from yours, if that works. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I guess let's start with the non-negotiables here. Um, And we have to, well, you know, the weird thing is like with Duke and Carolina, they have so many good options between the two of them that I don't think there is a non-negotiable on either of them. So we probably want to start with like other teams that have a player. We just feel we need on this and then fill in gaps with Duke and Carolina. How do you feel about that cart? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, and this, like you said, I feel there's a certain way you could go. Like you could go Mondo and then I don't know, maybe get a guard from Duke or go flip and take like RJ Davis. You know, there's definitely some ways you could go with this, but is there a player on either of those teams that you think is worth like not going that route and saying, we need this guy. Wait, say that again. Is there a player on either of those teams that you think is worth not going the route we're talking about and just being like, we need to scoop this guy out? Because I think a lot of people nationally would say we need to get Tyrese Proctor and you and I aren't on that train. If they're, if we're getting anybody, I feel like we want to get Flip. Or Baycott. I mean, so productive, right? I feel like I bet I would bet Riley's team has Baycott and not RJ Davis. I would too. Do, Do you, you think we... You? <laughs> I don't want to know yet. I don't want to know until right, the end. I don't want to spoil it. Do you think we, what do you think we do, Cart? What should we do? You decide. Let's, okay, I'm going through other teams. So, like, potential options, like Reese Beekman. Yeah. Um, Miami, like, are we taking Nigel Pack from Miami? Are we taking Norchad? Oh, I I feel like Nigel Pack we got to take. See, this is another one. Like either one contributes to a team. It's like, do you want to do you want Tyrese Proctor and Norchad or do you want Nigel Pack and Filipowski? Those are pretty easy. Nigel Pack and Filipowski. You think so? Yeah. Okay, I kind of like that. Then what do you do with Carolina? Nigel Pack. Phil well, we could just get Hubert as our coach. <laughs> uh oh yeah. I've completely forgot about the coach side of this. Yeah. I mean, for coach, I feel like do we take Bennett? Yeah, I think so. But does that mean we have to watch his offense, though? No. Well, we're the GM, so we'll have a word with him. But he'll be suited up and like handsome. That's huge, and right. he can run. He can do X and O's. What about like who are other guys in this league that are just fun or good that we feel we need? I feel like we're missing names. Like we should probably just go down the list and name some names. I'm, I'm going to the team. Like, there's no one on Pitt. Judah Mintz. JJ, uh, JJ. Uh... It's you got to take Mintz over Starling. You have to. Yeah, I know that, but I'm just where's Mintz? So what's our backcourt is Nigel Pack and Mintz. I mean, I That's I a good backcourt. I kind of like Nigel Pack, Mintz, Baycott, Filipowski, and then we need a wing and Tony Bennett as coach right now, unless we put Beekman in as third guard and get a different coach. Okay, I'm going through this wing. Uh, Riley, as our ACC correspondent. Who is that wing from Georgia Tech? Bouncy guy. Miles Kelly. I love Miles Kelly. I, I definitely like consider him. taking Miles Kelly. I he like him really a lot, good. and I think he fit really good. Uh, by default, I am not willing to pick a player I've never heard of. Okay, that's understandable. <laughs> but you should you should <laughs> tap into him, G. He's like he's, he's a, really really good and fun. Okay, he's a six six wing, good shooter, can do a little bit in the mid range too. Like he was really their only productive player last year. Who's back? I think, on, I think he's on NBA radars too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vicini Vis, tweeted a lot about him. Who's back for Clemson? Don't they have a good wing? Uh, Clemson has Chase Hunter, who's like a six four combo guard. I'm trying to remember. Oh, the, have, Joe Girard will be sort of wingy. I, he's kind of small though. He's too um, small. PJ Hall he, in the front yeah. court. 
I love PJ Hall. PJ no, Hall's awesome. PJ like Hall's good too. Should we take a Duke wing instead of flip and get a different big? Take like what what Duke wing are we taking? I don't know. I I'm stuck on this fifth guy. I need you to drive home the fifth guy. I like yeah, I like Flip, Baycott, Nigel, and uh Mintz. I like that as a core. Okay. Let me I'll 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 take us home here. It should be Miles Kelly, I'll be honest with you. We I guess we can do Miles Kelly. I'll just caveat I've never heard of the dude. I'd rather go Reese Beekman and then pick a different coach. And then have Reese Beekman at the three? I think. But it is there another decent coach in the ACC? Yeah, if you don't if you don't take Bennett as your coach, I feel like there is one correct answer, and he comes from your conference. Comes- it's got to be Shrews. Oh, I totally oh, forgot about I, him. I totally forgot about him. Wow, that's on me. Uh, yeah, oh, Shrews is our coach. Also, I would much rather have Shrews than Bennett anyway. That's the- yeah, same. Yeah, Shrews is our coach. Okay, so okay. Ofi- official submission of the team. Yes, Nigel Pack. Judah Mintz, uh, <laughs> Reese Beekman, Kyle Filipowski, Armando Baycott with Micah Shrewsbury coaching. That team's nasty. That yes. is a nasty team. Excellent work, fellas. Excellent work. I will say when I was doing this exercise, much like y'all, it hit me there. This is a bad league again. And it made me <laughs> sad. <laughs> I had I like I had the exact same dilemma where i'm like where are the wings i need someone who's like six six can guard somebody and hit a three and there are like no options to be found <laughs> like even on duke and unc there's no there's no nba prototype wing um like don't get me wrong i know duke has plenty of nba hopefuls with guys like jared mccain tj power um but i don't know if power is going to be ready right away and mccain is i think mccain's like six four um so that that was my same dilemma but I can get into my team if 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 y'all want me to. Please, please. Yeah. So yes. I I I agree that Mince is a non-negotiable. I think Judah Mince is really good. The fact that he was getting like 16, 17 a game with a washed up Bayheim as his coach, with like ton of un- inexperienced wings around him and like clogged paint, the clogged paint and everything. And he can't even really shoot and was scoring 16 a game. So yeah, I think Mince could have a huge year. And I actually paired him with RJ Davis. I went with RJ over Whoa. Baker. Wow. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure you took Mondo. I oh, like God. heavily considered it, but I, I think there's there's so many the it's kind of true of like the entire college hoops landscape these last couple of years. There's a lot of good big men nationally, and there's just more big men options in the ACC too. Um I want to say this. I will be completely shocked unless you did the RJ Davis and Norchad flip for uh, I guess Baycott and Pat. That's the only thing that would make sense to me here. Continue. So I actually, I didn't go Norchad either. Um, yeah. So I got RJ, I got Judah Mintz and I, I took PJ Hall as my big man. And that might be one of my bolder takes, but I I think PJ Hall is like the best player that no one talks about. Cause he is really I mean, good. Cause Clemson didn't make the tournament last year. I don't think they've made it since he's been there, but He's a good defender. He can stretch the floor a little bit. Like, I mean, he's a pretty much a 15-point-per-game scorer for his career. So I, I think Clemson should be really good this year, and maybe P.J. will finally get the love that he deserves. So, yeah, I took R.J., I took Judah as my backcourt, P.J. Hall in the front court, 
Um, then for a Duke player, I avoided flip. This was partially out of like my own pettiness. <laughs> I just didn't want to take Proctor. I didn't want to take flip for like the two best Duke players because I don't know. I'm not going to contribute to the Duke number one propaganda this year. That's just, respect. that's just not what Your I'm going to do. So much respect, Riley. So much respect for that. <laughs> and so I decided I took Jared McCain as my, as my three, my third guard. Cause I think he's an absolute bucket. And I think Duke's going to play him at the three. I, I bet that's what they're going to do this year. And uh, needed some shooting on the wing and a guy who can also make plays for others. So that left me with my fourth spot where I had, okay, I got like my one, two, and three, I got my five. And this was when I ended up being like, okay, there's no one in this league who's six, eight, six, nine and mobile and can hit threes or like make plays off the bounce. Um, so I, I went with a, with a, another wing six, six guy who can shoot and Damari Monsanto from Wake Forest. Y'all ever watch Monsanto? Cause that dude hey, is I, like, I did not know he was still at Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. he's extremely yeah, he's come, fun extremely fun yeah. that was kind of what i went with that i'm like i just i need a dude who's gonna show up to get buckets he might not be able to guard anybody but he's one of the best shooters in the country both off the bounce and like just a, a spot-up threat so i had monsanto as my four um and for a coach i initially went with tony bennett because I, I thought maybe he could cover up some of monsanto's injury issues and i thought having like a a perimeter rotation of RJ Davis, Judah Mintz, and Jerry McCain would be a little bit like the perimeter trio that Virginia had when they won the national championship and he let those dudes cook out of ball screens. But now that we've hashed it out a little bit, I'm wondering if I need to go with Shrews because I'm obviously not taking a Notre Dame player or if I should just go with Coach L coming off of his first Final Four. I feel like Larry Nago would make this team fun. I respect it, but I also don't want to be cocky here, Riley. I think our team is washing your team. So, I, yeah, we got to dissect this with Riley's team a little bit. Respect the move of avoiding Duke. Totally respect it. With that said, your team is missing the two best players in this conference. That's crazy to me. <laughs> like, one, I could get behind one maybe, but like, no bake hot, no flip is wild, right? Like, yeah. your, your front court's PJ Hall, and you could have had flip or bake hot or both. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think this through that thoroughly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what fun ACC players who don't get enough love can I highlight? And how can I how can I be a contrarian to the Duke hype and go with Jared McCain over Kyle Filipowski I mean, and I justify it because Filipowski had double hip surgery? That's my that's my that's my reasoning behind that. You uh so no Miami representation at all is the other thing I would nitpick here. Because if you're not going Jim, which I would probably go Jim out of that group, even though I love Shrew. But regardless, like I feel like one of Pack or Norchat or even Matthew Cleveland, like we talk about these wings are missing. I kind of thought about Harrison Ingram and Matthew Cleveland as options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Cleveland, I considered him too as like a, but I'm, I was thinking if, if you either have Baycott or PJ Hall as your five, like Hall's a, a decent shooter, but he's probably going to make like 23s this upcoming season. He's not like, I wouldn't necessarily say he's a true stretch five or a stretch four or anything. Um, so I wanted to put some better shooting in that front court. And I think Cleveland is such a wild card when it comes to shooting because I think he shot like 36% this past year on a low volume, but his form is pretty wonky. And he's a guy who I think needs the ball in his hands a lot. Like he he had a pretty high usage rate at Florida at Florida State. And I mean, I think I trust Larinaga to get the most out of him this year, but it might be an adjustment when you have a guy like Nigel Pack who needs the ball. Um I also considered Wooga Poplar. 
I thought that might be a little too rich to go with like a breakout candidate, but Wuga Poplar was a dude last year. Great name too. He was he, he was a he was a Poplar pick. Oh, Greg. <laughs> Sorry. Come on. Yesterday, uh, I don't know if you have heard this yet or not, Riley, but we uh, we we were doing teams that are under the radar that we think could make a Final Four, and I camped I, for Miami a little bit. Yeah, I watched that. I watched that little YouTube video last night. So, um, I'm I'm with you, man. I I think Miami brings a lot back, but like I really think Wuga Poplar could be a maybe not a first team all uh, all ACC guy, but a second team guy. I think. Because Nor uh, Norshad Omir and Nigel Pack get most of the headlines, but it wouldn't be it like wouldn't surprise me if Wuga's their second leading scorer after Nigel Pack. Yeah, not a lot would surprise me with that team. I like their their top four a lot. The three guys I mentioned plus Poplar, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. I trust Jim. I trust Life Wallet as well. Uh, okay, so the big question here is uh, not whose team wins between our team and Riley. Because no offense, but our team probably the spread's probably fifteen and a half. Uh, I still can't believe you took JV Ethan Hap over Kyle Filipowski and Armando Baycott in the front court. That's crazy. Now, the big question is who wins between our Big Ten team weeks ago and whatever ACC team between the two of us you want to pick. So our Big Ten team was Edie, Kamwa, Shannon, Tyson Walker, Boo Booey with Chris Holtman coaching. Major mismatch on that side. No offense, Chris Holtman, fan of the show. Uh and then do we want to take our team cart? Do we want to take our team versus our team and have Riley decide who wins? Yes. Okay. Hold on, say that again. It was Tyson Walker, Boo Booey, Kamwa, Edie, and who was the, the Taryn Shannon. Taryn Shannon. Yeah. And then you so our ACC team again, Judah Mintz. Um, who am I missing? Judah Mintz, Nigel Judah Pack. Mintz, Nigel Pack, Beekman. Beekman, Filipowski, Baycott with true yeah. coaching. Who wins? I kind of think the Big Ten spread is like minus eight and a half. Wow. Yeah. I'm not, I th- I'm not mad at that take. That's, that's probably accurate. I think the – I mean, Beekman to, compared to Terrence Shannon, I know I said he's not going to make an All-American team, but that's like not really a contest. Beekman has always sort of been a theoretical NBA guy more so than like an actual prospect. I like Bowie better than Judah Mintz, even though I love uh, even though I love Mintz's game. I think Bowie's older and he can do a lot more uh, with the ball in his hands. And like even like Nigel Pack, his mo- Nigel Pack at his best is a really fun player. But Tyson Walker is more consistent. He's done it. Oh wait, as I say, he's done it on a bigger stage. But Nigel Pack just made a Final Four. But I just can't like so. that. That last Tyson Walker tournament game is still burned into my brain against Kansas State when he just went nuts. Like. And I don't know if Pack really had that. I could be wrong. I might be forgetting a game, but I don't know if Pack really had a moment like that in the tournament. Pack had one game. I remember he went nuclear. I don't remember who it was, but he had like six threes. But outside of that, he was very inconsistent in the tournament, if I remember correctly. But I, I think you're right here, which feels a little weird to me because I don't view the Big Ten as like a great conference this year. Maybe that says more about the ACC than it does about the country. I think it does. I mean, maybe minus eight and a half is too big of a spread because between Filipowski and Baycott, you got at least two guys who can get in the way of Zach Eady and Filipowski when he, when he is healthy is a really, really underrated defender. Uh, All the advanced metrics pointed to him being the best defender on Duke last year, even more so than lively. Like he had a higher defensive win share, higher defensive block box plus minus. I don't always know how to interpret that, but I'm citing it to back up my argument here. Um, And both a math podcast for the record. (laughs) 
And both those, both Filipowski and Baker will give you more scoring than Kamala and can maybe, I don't know, get close to some of the scoring production Edie will give you. But yeah, I think the, the front court battle is a lot more interesting than the perimeter battle. Yeah. I agree with that. Okay. Fun topic. Appreciate that. Uh, look forward to the year long battle of who is more mid between the big 10 and the ACC. That was a fun battle last year and it got very loud and stinky at times, but it's going to be special. It's honestly, it's going to happen. The big 10 is going to look dominant and great in the regular season. And then we're going to get to March and the ACC is going to have two final four teams out of nowhere that are horrible. Like it's just, it's just it's gonna be like Syracuse and I don't know Clemson in the Elite Eight, and meanwhile Purdue lost again to Robert Morris. I don't know. I'm getting grumpy about it. By the way, USA is down seven to Germany with 13 minutes left in the FIBA semifinals. Shout out to the Wagner brothers, Riley. What's uh what's topic two? It actually transitions quite nicely from our ACC discussion uh, because I bemoaned the lack of wings in that league. Y'all did as well. But I was thinking that a lot of times at this point in the offseason, you know, people are putting out lists. Shout out to our list king, Tristan Freeman. People are putting out lists of best backcourt, best frontcourt. But we never really hear like the best wing duo. And I think part of that is because if you are a six seven six eight wing who can dribble, pass, and shoot, you're probably in the NBA. But I still thought it would make an interesting exercise to look at this landscape and say, who are the who is the best wing duo in the country or the top duos? Um, and the only stipulations I put on this was like it can be a two three pairing or a three four pairing, but I think the two guard needs to be taller than like six three because you don't want to drift into the combo guard range. Uh, and for the four, I need the four to be able to do a little bit off the bounce. It can't just be a, like a typical stretch four. Like if Brady Manic was still playing, he would not qualify as a wing. Okay. Uh, I like the definition of wing there, by the way, because I was definitely going to try and do like a 6-2 shooting guard. In fact, I still might when we get there. Cart, you want to go first on this? Uh, no, I do not want to go first. <laughs> why, why are you trying to make me go first today? Because I, I feel like I monopolize the conversation a lot. You know, I'm trying to do the logistics and passing around. I don't like being the first person to give my intel always. I like feeding off of you. Okay. Awesome. Again, your <laughs> victory car is in a weird spot. Uh, so the first the first one that came to my mind is Creighton. And I don't know if you're going to let me have Trey Alexander as a wing. He's 6'4", so he counts. He was on my list. He counts? Okay. If he counts, <laughs> I think I feel very confident with... Creighton. I'm taking Trey Alexander. I'm taking Baylor Shireman. Um, I, I don't know how much we've talked about this with Creighton. I've definitely thought about it personally a lot. I'm really bummed with how their offseason played out because I wanted to see last year's team run it back so badly. And it would be fine in my head if some of these guys were just like done with college basketball and playing elsewhere. But it's going to be really hard for me to watch Arthur Kaluma at Kansas State and Ryan Nemhart at Gonzaga and not think like, damn, this team was a phantom foul call away from a final four game against Florida Atlantic, where they would have been favored by 11. Like they, they were that close to the mountaintop. And if it was Creighton against UConn, that national championship looks totally different. And obviously we can't rewrite history, but that entire core had the opportunity to just run it back. They're all playing college basketball again. And two of the most important pieces said, no, I want to go play for Jerome Tang and Mark Few. I don't know what that says about Creighton as a program. It might say something about Greg McDermott. I know a lot of people like Greg McDermott. I would point out there's some commonalities between the guys that left and some of the guys they added that map with Greg McDermott's history here. You can do the math on that. Not a math podcast. But 
Uh, Alexander and Shireman are the two things I am stone cold confident about with Creighton. I think they're still going to be a top 10, top 15 team because these two exist. Uh, a lot of people are really gassing up Ashworth. I would honestly look to Riley for input on Ashworth. I don't know how to feel about him. He kind of scares me, but, uh, and Cal too, he deserves mention, but I think, uh, if Creighton's good this year, it's because shifting the usage from Kaluma, who I still have no idea if he's a good offensive player or not. And Ryan Nemhard, who it's always objectively good to have a Nemhard, but wasn't the greatest in half court stuff for them at times. I'm curious what like option number one Trey Alexander looks like. And I think it could be really good. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at with this team. I I, I believe Trey Alexander deserves a little bit of preseason All-American buzz. He is on one of my All-American teams for the Almanac. Hashtag by the Almanac. Uh, <laughs> I think in a vacuum that Ryan Nimhart is a better player than Steven Ashworth, but I believe Ashworth's skill set is conducive to both Baylor Shireman and Trey Alexander going nuts and being able to play on ball more and make plays for the rest of the team because Ashworth is such an elite shooter. He's just as good off the bounce as he is off the catch. But if you think about if you're if you're allowing Alexander and Shireman create for themselves, create for others. Steven Ashworth is going to be able to finish those corner threes a lot better than Nimhard could. Um, so with like that's why I think both the both those guys have a chance to build pretty significantly on the numbers they put last year. And it would probably be my number one wing do duo, but I, there's there's one more that I think could push them, and then a couple other like honorable mentions. So Ooh, what a team! I'll see, I'll see where I'll see where Cart goes. Is it a, is it a can I, is it a Big East team? Another Big East team. Yes, it is another Big East team. So can I get Stefan Castle as a wing? Yep, you can get Stefan Castle as a wing. Mm. Is Cam, is Cam Spencer a wing too? Cam, I counted Cam Spencer as a wing too. That was that was the one who I think can push Alexander and Shireman. I I might I might take that I might take the, that wing duo and that uh, that sounds bad to say that I'm taking Cam Spencer in the wing duo, but I think Stephon Castle is a lottery pick and Cam Spencer is going to be a a forty percent plus three point shooter and I honestly think he's going to. I, I truly think he's actually going to be a better shooter at UConn because he's got like some other people around that can set up things for him. Like Tristan Newton's played a lot of basketball and he was playing really, really good basketball towards the end of last year as a point guard. I think he'll get a lot of good looks. He'll get a lot of good looks with Klingon as well. Dud, you know, being a, being a post presence. So versus like sticking to the big East, I honestly think I would take UConn's wings. I, I think it sounds when you when you say it out loud, like I'm taking Cam Spencer and Stefan Castle over Trey Alexander and Baylor Shireman. It sounds a little bit odd because Castle hasn't played a division one game yet. And like Shireman has had his had his moments at uh, South Dakota, South Dakota State and transitioned pretty seamlessly last year. Trey Alexander is just this like even though he'll be in his third year is still kind of a wealth of potential waiting to be untapped. And he's already had some big moments. But I, I love that pick because, yeah, I, I'm with you on Castle. He is not getting nearly enough buzz, especially in a weak draft class when he's six, six super bouncy and can kind of do it all on the court. And right. yeah, Cam, Cam Spencer has been a guy I've been in on since he's been in the portal. Like I, I think it's, I'm sort of enamored with this dude who can again, play on or off ball, but also has some like defensive juice, juice to him. Like looking at his steel numbers from last year, I, I think he can be someone who Hurley can get the best out of even more on that end. Uh, 
Okay, can I go like full hater mode on that pick? Yes. Okay, I, I still want you guys to love me after this. That's a horrible pick, though. <laughs> That's a really horrible <laughs> pick. Uh, I can't believe like we're talking about how much age matters and like experience and all that shit. And the the proposal for best wings in the country is the number 15 ranked freshman and Rutgers second best player last year. That's that's ridiculous. Like, come on. I'm sorry. Cam Spencer might be really good for UConn. If UConn's good next year, it is not because of how good Cam Spencer and Stefan Castle are. It's about does Klingon take the jump? It, does Newton have more as like a second option instead of a fifth option? I like those guys. They're good. They're role players on this team. Uh, they're not driving how good UConn is the way that Creighton's are. And the way like I'm scrolling through top 25, I think there's like five or six other combos I would take before UConn. So <laughs> horrible pick. I hate that pick. Uh, Riley, can we hear some of your your runner ups? All right. I wonder if if this was some of the guys you noticed looking through top 25s, but Dalton Connect and Josiah Jordan James at Tennessee. Pretty interesting duo. You have a little offense defense compliment. Stop right there. <laughs> Riley. Riley Ramon. Did Tennessee? Dalton Connect from Northern Colorado. Look, man, Dalton Connect is a bucket, man. And he's bouncy. <laughs> okay. I'll I I you could have saved that one for you could have led with something else as a backup. That's fair. Rylan Griffin and Grant Nelson, did that do anything for you? Hart likes yes. that. I'm in. There All right. <laughs> no, but go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. I mean, Rylan, Rylan Griffin to me is like a top 10 breakout candidate this year. And I don't know if I just like him because his name is Rylan and it's kind of close to, to Riley, but or if it's just because his highlight tapes are so crazy with like some of the dunks he had last year. But I also just trust Nate Oates' system to get the most out of those athletic wings. Um Grant Nelson, I'm a little bit nervous about how he transitions based to the boots on the ground reporting that we personally heard about how he looked at the NBA combine and everything. But we, I will say this goes back to a topic we probably discussed a month ago that Alabama is doing its part to make Grant Nelson look awesome. And it's highlight clips. Very yes. true. Very that's true. true. And, that's, and that's sometimes that's half the battle. We applaud them. Um, okay. So let me ask you guys some questions real quick. Some quick hitters here. Who's a better basketball player? Antonio Reeves or Cam Spencer? Antonio Reeves, probably. Who's a better prospect, Justin Edwards or Stefan Castle? Stefan Castle. Come on. Stefan Castle. Can I get Riley? Can I get Riley's answer to that question? Probably Justin Edwards. Kentucky is the obvious pick. If we're going like freshman upside guy and stud, like Antonio, I've said it, Antonio Reeves could lead the country in scoring this year. I really believe that. Did uh, did Florida Atlantic get a thought for you, Riley, at all? They did. I was looking at Elijah Martin and John L. Davis, but Elijah Martin six three, so he was disqualified. On, Ooh, wow! On height. Damn, six three on what website? <laughs> I think it was Bart Torvik. Okay, uh, I, 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 I need to look at the official Florida Atlanta, Florida Atlantic official site. <laughs> He's six six. <laughs> That's a shocking height, by the way. That might be in my Mount Rushmore of shocking heights. I thought Elijah Martin was like six eight based on the run last year. <laughs> I really did. Okay. Um, okay. So definitive final answer then. Are you guys sticking with the one you said? I'm going to stick with Creighton. Although the more I talk through Kentucky, I think it's 1A, 1B for me. I honestly completely forgot about Antonio Reeves when I was doing this. I was like, Justin Edwards, he counts. But uh, um, Trey Mitchell, 
not doesn't count stretch four. So I disqualified them. And now I'm like, I was a huge, and we've talked about this on this very show, like how much I love Antonio Reeves and that I, I feel like the three of us collectively were doing our part for big blue nation to give this guy his flowers when we had the Kevin Sweeney's of the world saying, well, actually he's not that good. He's just the, <laughs> give, me, give me Cam Spencer and uh, give me Cam Spencer and castle. It's a ridiculous answer. man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Like you and you used to be such a big Mulcahy guy to see you standing for Spencer as the best wing in the country now. It's insane. Hey. <laughs> okay. Did uh did TJ Bomba and Trey Burton tempt you at all, G Wizzy? This is where we move to the next topic. What was the coach for that team? <laughs> okay, I just wanted to say I don't know if either of those guys are any good or if they just put up numbers at for bad teams so that was why i wasn't gonna say them but i at least had them on my list to discuss if they came up i think uh either next week or next riley friday we should do like teams we think have disaster potential because i I will bookmark myself villanova is red alert for me i don't think any of these guys they got are actually good and uh yeah they're getting a lot of love like they added like whoa what a transfer class i don't think any of the guys they got have been in like a winning situation or contributed as an individual reason their team was winning in their entire four-year careers. I mean, Akeem Hart played on tournament teams. He played on them. Did he do anything <laughs> else besides play? <laughs> like, that's a footnote. Okay. What are we, is Akeem Hart, <laughs> they're going to win the Big East because they got Akeem Hart? I guess any sort of Villanova wing discussion should include Justin Moore, though, over any of the guys they brought in via the portal. That's true. Yeah. Both that's Achilles, fun. Justin Moore. I still yeah. Don't. Yeah, right. Card, it, a little addition by subtraction. Cam Whitmore cart. No, <laughs> no. Okay, <laughs> I was just checking. I know you're a big addition by subtraction guy. You said that with Akeem Hart. It'd, it'd be addition by subtraction. They got rid of the guy with the turtleneck. Okay, <laughs> got it. Uh, fun topic. Thanks, Riley. Credit to Riley for bringing two great college basketball topics Crazy. today. Yes, I needed those. What's, what's your third topic today? All right, as I teased earlier, I want to talk some about your Detroit Lions. And this is also going to be kind of a a grab bag of all my Monday night football takes. Uh, Meaning the main one is, I don't know if Chris Collinsworth loves saying the National Football League or Patrick Mahomes more. Like the funniest thing was after Mahomes threw that pick six that admittedly like, yes, Kadarius Tony had an egregious drop on that. But Collinsworth made sure to say like, just a perfect pass from Mahomes and, and Tony. Oh, what what a like he was. I'm like, this dude was about ready to just say, like, Kadarius Tony can be shot to the sun for all I care about for messing up this like perfect Mahomes throw on like a seven yard pass. Like, come on, Chris, <laughs> keep it together, man. Um, the, 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 the booth was killing me, really. Even at the end of the game, Mike Tarico said, yeah, great one for the Lions. Definitely got to put an asterisk near this one with all the injuries for the Chiefs. Literally said, got to put an asterisk near our win. I'm not upset at that comment at all, by the way. I think you do have to put an asterisk. By no, it. come on. There's no asterisks in the NFL, man. Every I mean, team deals it, with injuries. It's just, it's a passing comment. We're not like actually updating the score sheet in ESPN.com where it's now an at. Like, there, was there an at? Like, if Travis Kelsey's on this field, we lose by 10. No. Uh, yes, 100%. No. The, no. Like the straight up, the only reason we're even in position to have a chance in this game is because Canarius Tony was an informal agent, whatever informant. Like he he was horrible. Yeah, you know why? You know why? Because he had a safety who came on the blue ski mask and he heard cleat steps. I don't think Travis Kelsey's hearing cleat steps. 
We'll see. I don't know. I, look, I'm happy, man. I'm gassing this up. I'm here. I'm not here to squash victory Monday or victory Friday. Sorry. But um, it just like I've, I wasn't mad about the comment. I don't get why anybody's mad about the Trico comment. It makes me upset. Okay. <laughs> All right. What else, Riley? What, what's on your yeah. grab bag list? Yeah, my, my second second uh, point on my list was Jameer Gibbs versus David Montgomery. Another topic uh, in some of our group chats. I just wanted to get where y'all are at. Like, what's a vibe check on Gibbs versus Montgomery? Because I thought those couple snaps that Gibbs got, he looked awesome. Like, he was one of my favorite players to watch in all of college football last year. I was so excited when the Lions drafted him because I thought this dude's going to be a fantasy stud and just like a, a walking highlight reel. But you know, David Montgomery, I know he got destroyed on that pass protection play um, when Nick Bolton ran him over, but he still had some good moments yesterday. Like that touchdown run was pretty nice little vicious, angry run. But yeah, where are y'all are? Where, where are y'all at on this? Greg, you want me to go first? <laughs> you get to pick who goes first. Okay, I got there, there's a thing here. The with the Lions, one of the biggest pet peeves for me is that I don't think we necessarily do a good job of getting the ball in, like, our playmakers' hands on offense. Like, for all that happened with DeAndre Swift last year and his injuries and things like that, I just always found myself, like, can we get the ball in this guy's hands more? And I just don't know if we did that. And I get, like, the whole narrative, the narrative, like, yes, rookies, you don't want to overwork them. Okay, but, like, we picked this guy number 12. Let's get the ball in his hands. He's dynamic when he had the ball in his hands, whether it's receiving or rushing the ball. I mean, he did have that one where he tripped himself with the, that arrowhead garbage peasant turf. But, you know, besides that, he was, I thought, really good when he had the ball in his hands. So I understand, you know, Montgomery probably is a a, a running back that just embodies, uh, I don't know, grit or Detroit Lions or Dan Campbell because obviously we saw what Jamal Williams did last year. Uh, but Jameer gives these more touches expeditiously. Yeah, I in general, I agree. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts on it. First of all, I think Montgomery's good. So I'm not I'm not like upset. Oh, like, why are they giving the ball to this bum instead of Gibbs? Like, I think Montgomery's good. I think in general with running backs, the NFL outside of the top six guys, I think seven through 30 are all pretty interchangeable. Like they're just NFL backs that are what they are. They're not going to mess up plays and they're going to run through and break a tackle and get four yards. David Montgomery's that he's a good goal linebacker. I don't think he was bad yesterday. Jameer Gibbs is exciting because he could be one of those six that is like total game changer guy. But my issue back with the pick, honestly, I still have a little bit of an issue with the pick. And if you did pick him 12, how are you only playing him 19 snaps? Um, my issue is like, even if Gibbs is electric, he's probably gone in like four years. Like DeAndre Swift had great moments in Detroit. And now he's an afterthought even on Philly. Like I know they signed him, but like it, it's like the shelf life is so small. How are we not going to use the shelf life? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't care. We don't need to bring Jameer Gibbs along slow. He's not going to be here in seven years. Running backs aren't there for more than five years. So we better milk him for all he's got. Pause, but please. Um, but I don't know. Like, it, that's it's hard for me because I thought Gibbs was great. He also tripped himself on what should have been a walk-in touchdown. So, like, are we really going to come out here and be like, oh, Gibbs, Gibbs needed to be the face of everything. When he tripped himself, he had one walk-in touchdown. He fell. Like, I was okay with Montgomery getting the ball a lot more after that. But I don't know. I don't know. Ben Johnson did weird stuff in general to me this game, though, Cart. Yeah. Ben, ben Johnson was looking a little Iowa offensive coordinator-ish on third downs. It was weird. 
I don't need screens to our seventh options on third down ever. Like throw a screen to the best two players if we're throwing a screen. Yeah. I, I did want to add that I think the best thing that David Montgomery could do or could have done for his career was to switch to number five because there was multiple times yesterday in that game where I'm like, oh, wait, who's this exciting young dude wearing number five? Oh, wait, that's still David Montgomery. <laughs> but like you just look so much faster when you're wearing five instead of 33. I don't get why like every NFL running back isn't trying to wear a number from zero because you can wear zero now to like 10. Respect. I agree. Uh, fun fact, um, David Montgomery is the same age as DeAndre Williams from Memphis. Just wanted Seriously? to throw that out. That's a He's like 26? He's 26. Wow. Why did I think Montgomery was – see, that's the thing. That's the running back shelf life. That's, that's what I'm saying. Montgomery it's was like, like yeah. 32. Running, running, backs, <laughs> running backs get three years into their career, and it's, oh, he's he's past his prime. He's old. He's washed. Yep. Like, that's that's going to be Gibbs literally in four seasons, no matter how good he is. So can we get him more than 19 snaps, please? Right. All right. The, la- the last thing from my Monday Night Football grab bag, um, I need an NFL team to cheer for this year. <laughs> Carter Carter teased this on yesterday's episode when he was saying like, oh, I can't wait to be one and oh on Riley Friday when Riley's quarterback is Baker Mayfield. Yes, <laughs> my quarterback is Baker Mayfield right now. I'm not happy about it. I this is literally legitimately the first time in my life that I want the Bucks to lose every game. I want Caleb Williams or I want Drake May and I want a new coach. I need someone other than Todd Bowles. And let's go ahead and kill two birds with one stone and just lose every game. So. I'm tempted to like join the Lions bandwagon this year. I feel like as someone who was a long-suffering Bucks fan, aside from like the three Tom Brady years and like the two years when Redacted was our coach when we got our first Super Bowl, uh, it's been a pretty miserable existence. There is 18 years in between the Bucks' first Super Bowl and the second Super Bowl, and I think they had losing seasons probably like they didn't make the playoffs or they might've made the playoffs once in that stretch. So I feel like I can relate to the lions fan base of just watching a poor product year in, year out. And on top of it, I love the Honolulu blue, like elite color. Um, in Amon Ra's rookie year, he won me my fantasy league. So I'm loyal to him for that. So I, I am asking permission. Can I join the lions bandwagon? Would you give me any, any cautions about the dangers of joining said bandwagon? What are you, what are your thoughts? So this is an official proposal that you've just submitted to the council of can you join the bandwagon? Yeah, just for this year. Because once my Bucks get Caleb Williams or Drake May, I'm cheering for them to win every game again. But. So you're looking you're looking for a one year contract. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a verdict. I think unless Cart's going to talk me into the other direction here, but I have a verdict. Uh, unfortunately, we can't have you. Yeah. I'm sorry, we cannot. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate on why? I have a reason why, but. Oh, well, there's a couple of things. Uh, first of all, well thought out proposal. Some things that rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, you came to a Lions fan speaking about how there was a gap between your Super Bowl wins. Mm-hmm. My brother, my brother in Christ, there's been a gap between everything and us. Like there's a Super Bowl win. We're trying to we're trying to make the playoffs. We're just, like, <laughs> you don't know pain. The fact that you tried to stake your claim to pain when you have a Super Bowl and you had a run with Tom Brady. Two Super Bowls. Two Super Bowls. Oh, two Super Bowls. This man man said there's a gap between my Super Bowls and wants to join. (laughs) But it was 18 years. And you want want to end 
you want to join for a year and then go back to back to the buck? No, my no, brother in Christ. There's no gap here. There's a pit. Okay, a pit. there is a pit. There's a valley. Okay, but like those years when Calvin Johnson was putting up 2,000 receiving yards, those were pretty fun. Like that was more fun than I had as a Bucks fan during that same stretch. Like I was watching Mike Glennon and his neck as our quarterback for a good two years in there. Like Josh McCown signed a huge contract to play for the Bucks for a season. Like that was our big offseason acquisition in like 2014 was Josh McCown. Well, I don't want to leave you out the drive, but unfortunately we cannot have you on the Lions. Uh, maybe some suggestions. Can you be a Saints fan? Great jerseys, great colors. Alave's fun. Camara, like, but that's a division rival. I can't stand the Saints. Yeah, I okay. don't know if that was on purpose or a troll, but that was pretty funny that you went straight. To the <laughs> rival. That that was not on that was not on purpose. At all. <laughs> no, unfortunately, we cannot have you, Riley. But I appreciate your sentiment and thank you. Yeah, I appreciate the interest, but uh, the ruling is the ruling. It is what it is. Uh, Riley, any comments on our pending fantasy football matchup this week? I know you have a lot of feelings towards my organization, which is the defending champions, the only champions in our fantasy league. Look, I just took uh, I took issue with Greg being on this podcast and saying no one can really challenge me in this league other than Jeff Brzello when me and Evan, our team, Okay, we were third place last year, but we had a great shot. To, we had we were seen as Greg's uh, as the biggest threat to Greg for really the second half of the season. By who? By by people. By, by, by or or by computer models. That's see the problem. The problem with your organization. Love Evan Miyakawa. Love you. Obviously, the problem with your organization is that you thought you were smarter than me. And you're not. That's it's the the model is not the model is great. Model is a model. I am not a model. You can't win fantasy football leagues off a model. You can build a third place team off a model, but you have to have some cutthroat guile to you. Okay, that's what I, I mean. Do. Look, I commend you for your cutthroat guile, but you know, uh, you know the meme like was it Carter who said that. <laughs> He had a comp for Patrick Mahomes without a generational tight end, and it's always some bum. You know, when people like to to do that meme, I'm like, what would what would the meme be for Greg Waddell without generational trade swindling skills? But the then thing- again, that's like kind of part of fantasy is to try to swindle people. But there's a certain set of twins who <laughs> played at a certain Mac school and a certain Miac school. Uh, who basically hemorrhaged their whole team to get back like Travis Etienne from Greg while they were giving up Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson, and no one knows why Like that worked out so well for our guy G-Wizzy. And I'm like, if Greg can't pull off these heists this year, are we still going to see that same sort of cutthroat guile that brought him to glory last season? Let me jump in for you real quick here, Greg. He's going to find somebody. That's the that's the thing. There, There's somebody that's going to get swindled to a certain level. He's going to find them at their lowest time, too. Like, at their weakest moments, that's when he strikes. He's a fantasy bloodsucker. He's a fantasy killer. That's what he does. Yeah, thank you, Carr. Every, every move is calculated. Like, every text I send in a group chat that involves any parts of this league is ca- – like, you may notice the way I've interacted with Sean Paul in the last 12 hours. You may notice he has Jameer Gibbs. You may notice Jameer Gibbs only played 19 snaps week one. That's probably going to change. You may notice Sean Paul doesn't listen to this program, so he's not going to hear my strategy here. I will get Jameer Gibbs from Sean Paul. I will stack Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery in the near future, and it will win me this league. 
Uh, and anybody who's listening to this program that's in other fantasy leagues with me is just laughing at Riley's concept that there's a me that isn't swindling people like that's just, I mean I was actually gonna say my best bets for who you swindle one of them listens to the program and one of them doesn't the one who doesn't <laughs> is Sean Paul um well I already got I already got two starting receivers for Sky Moore who had one yard last night I know Tristan, that's so. my other bet is the the site hey, manager who, who did that trade Tristan the site manager who loves craft singles and funyuns like Tristan that's that's what Greg does. He's good. Tristan hasn't play. learned his lesson, man. I'm like, why why did T not learn his lesson from last year? <laughs> the only way you can beat Greg in a trade is if you have an algorithm and some dog to you, which but my that's, team. The has. thing is that you guys are so proud of this damn algorithm. And look, it's great. Like if you're trying to be Ken Palm but cooler, that you like mission accomplished, you've done it. I bet Ken Palm stinks at fantasy leagues. I bet he's horrible. Like that's not that's not how this works, man. But you are right. Our league is full of total non-threats. Like God bless Greg Peterson, the busiest man in show business. But like he didn't even show up to the draft. So like you guys the starting are... QBs are like his. It's a two QB league, and uh, Greg Hughes Peterson ended up with uh, Josh Dobbs, and uh, I think he traded for Desmond Ritter for week one because he didn't have another quarterback. Oh. G hoops, good lord, my boy. Yeah, my like, guy G, my G hoops is struggling. By default, you are correct that you're a threat. They're just, I would say the how, threat. I'm not, I'm not crazy about Borzello's Borzello's team this year. I don't think Borzello listens to this either. Okay, yeah, that's definitely, that, he definitely does not. But I will say this, Riley. One thing you do have, you can hang your hat on, is the team phrase that you have that you've got some algorithm and some dog. That's a bar. Just letting that be known. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Should we I move? hate fantasy. I hate fantasy, Greg. That's why I, I don't you play love, You fantasy. gave me you gave me such a nice endorsement there. I thought you loved. Oh, oh no, no. If like I'm with you and I'm calling a team, I'm watching from afar, love it. If I'm in a league with you, I'm terrified. I can't sleep at night. Okay. Absolutely terrified. It's a good assessment. You're a smart man. You know me better than most. Uh, okay, let's move to one big thing presented by Bigby. By the way, USA has battled back. It's a three-point game with a minute and 40 seconds left against Germany. So if I'm a little distracted, that's why. Uh, who wants to go first with one big thing today? Hmm. I'll kick us off. My one big thing is actually a, it's a shout-out to y'all. It's a shout-out to Sleepers Media for one particular element of the show, and that's the intro music. I know Greg has shared the story behind that before that he bought it off some random dude from off from Google from like three years ago. But let me tell you, I don't know if y'all ever go back and listen to your show, but if you, if you play this podcast in your car, when that beat drop hits, like right as it, as it's hitting in, when it's like, boom, yeah, uh, <laughs> that like, I find myself involuntarily just like giving one of those in my car. I'm like, I can't believe I'm sitting here vibing this hard to some intro music. And I was just thinking like, y'all remember back in the early two thousands when like subwoofers were a big deal. Or even when we were in high school, it was like, you had that one kid who had the tricked out like Honda Del Sol with the subwoofers who was like, yo, come listen to the new Chameleonaire album in my car. That's what, I, that's what I want to hear the intro music played through. <laughs> I love that. I appreciate that. It is a banger. Uh, I wish I remembered the name of the guy who made it because he had all bangers. There were like 50 of them. I think Cart knows this. I've gone to the site plenty of times and just been like, listen to this instrumental banger. It's incredible. Uh, thank you to that. Shout out, Riley. Cart, why don't you go next? My one big thing is shout out to all of the fans of the Detroit Lions that made the trip to Arrowhead. Like 
my kind of couple buddies that were there sent me videos. I mean, there were Lions fans literally everywhere in that stadium, like everywhere. And they were loud and they were having a good time. So shout out to all of them. There was plenty of blue in the stands. It was good to see. And shout out to the Lions for just going one and oh. That's I think y'all knew what the one big thing was gonna be. It's it's my it's my dogs. It's literally my dogs going one and oh. I needed it more than anything. Hard, I absolutely love you. I gotta be a little honest with you here. I'm a little surprised. I feel like you're at like an eight out of ten energy excitement level for the Lions today. Is it just tired? Like, are you a little you stayed up a little too late last night, I think. Job's not finished. Oh, okay. So this is a calculated move. Yeah. Okay, respect. Surely is. Also, Germany has now hit a huge three, and Dennis Schroeder just hit a step-back jumper and is chirping. They're up six with 37 seconds left. It appears USA's run could be coming to an end in the FIBA World Cup. Uh, I have a special one big thing today, if you two would allow me to, uh, I don't know, make a fool of myself here real quick. Riley, it was your birthday this week, correct? It was. I have a gift for you, my friend. Uh, I alluded to this in this week's newsletter think we've spoken about it on the show riley knows this uh i have a little bit of a rap past i have written riley davis a birthday rap that i would like to perform acapella on the show with your blessing you have my blessing let's hear it all right it's about i think it's 12 or 16 bars anyway uh i'm gonna again acapella so preface that for what it is here we go riley davis carolina's greatest when he's on the show, I never skip like I'm a Bayless. Joins the call and looks like he's in Mina Kimes' basement. Let's call it what it is, boys big, finally famous. When my mind is racing, I pretend that I'm related to Riley and I'm vacationing, find me in Island Nations. The time it takes him to write the dailies impeccable. He even makes Sean Paul's parts legible. But who you know this half man, half incredible. When it comes to compliments, I think I said them all. He's just a stand-up person. Kind of like if Matt Reif did stand-up sermons. Hand up, don't leave him open, he's Luke May. Get your bands up in the Carolina Blue Jays when he's rolling up Tobacco Road screaming, screw K. I hope you had a happy birthday. All right, those are, yeah, we need to get the rap genius breakdown of that. I need people annotating that, waiting for official verification for what G Wizzy meant with each bar because that was... That that was impeccable, even more so than my timing with the Field of 68 Daily. I might I might need that actually thrown onto like a beat and an actual something I can download and play. Happy birthday, Riley. Davis. Thank you. Thank you for Riley Friday. Thank you to everybody for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody. Sleepers Bets newsletter locked and loaded for football this weekend. Uh, I hope your team wins like ours so we can all have a victory Monday together. Have a great weekend, everybody.